Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to, to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. I'm Kelsey here with DJ, and we have special guest with us, Brennan. We will be giving you a rundown on our picks for the AFC today. Um, we've been gone for a little bit, but we're back again now that the NFL is back and officially happening this year, as of right now. Yeah, knock on, knock on wood. But DJ, here we are, getting ready for the season. Uh, can't wait. I don't know about you, but it's about it's about time. Took long enough, and if any team ruins it by infecting the entire world with COVID, I think we boycott them, or we just send them away to the abyss and drop them to college football or something. If it's an NFC East team, we can just throw them out of the out in the trash can, you know. Especially like, you, the Giants or Washington football team, or that team in Dallas that's not even in the eastern part of the country but still in the NFC East. But. No, we just burn the we just burn the owner at the stake at that point. Jesus, okay. <laughs> that's not how this is supposed to go, but all right. But now let's go ahead and get us started out. Uh, Brennan, since you are our guest today, you will get us going with the AFC North. Go ahead and give us your picks and let us know what the records are. 
So AFC North, um, honestly, most of the divisions I had actually turned out to be kind of predictable. This one, on the other hand, had one team that was predictable, and the other three were kind of shocking to myself. Uh, going week by week instead of just by team, I was able to kind of slowly watch it play out versus just, oh, wow, here it is um, right at the end. But uh, at the very bottom, um, I have the Bengals um, at 6-10. and 10, I, I the, the hardest thing I have about the Bengals and, and wanting to go more than that is it's new new quarterback and with the offseason that they were given this year there wasn't really opportunity for him to kind of get introduced to the nfl in the way that most rookies have in the past so i don't see him doing very well um coming back or joe burrow could do him very well coming into the nfl i think it'll be a rough year but there's potential there for him to grow and hopefully they can keep him getting him some weapons because aj green's definitely getting up there in age um to go up to the next spot, I've got the six and ten Steelers. I, uh, I had a hard time with the Steelers. I think the biggest issue I have is I don't believe in either quarterback. Um, you got Big Ben coming off of surgery and Mason Rudolph coming off of getting bashed in the head with a helmet. One does not simply recover from that. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I. I, I love their defense. I love what they did with their defense last year, but their defense wins championships, but they don't get you there. And that's, you know, that's apparent in a lot of teams in the, at the moment. So I, I don't see them doing much better than 6-10. and 10. Um, Coming up close, or coming up next, a lot different. They have all the talent in the world. Um, hopefully their coaching is better. We'll wait and see. But I Anything can be better than I last have, year. They just have to have a coach on roster, and they're good. <laughs> I have the Browns at nine and seven. Um, again, talent is all there. They had a decent off season, then not anything to stand out, but picked up a couple of nice guys, uh, specifically in the defense. But I think the biggest thing is them coming together because, like I said, they get they have all the talent in the world. The problem is they can't put it together and they can't have a coach that does anything higher level than you know peewee so <laughs> kind of off with the ravens i uh i don't know man i the biggest thing i had an issue with with the ravens is i feel like a lot more teams are going to start being able to key in on um key in on on their offense where they have at least one quick guy uh you know look at uh the ravens uh, first round draft pick this year, not Ravens, the uh, Cardinals first round draft pick this year. A lot of speed on defense. He can key in on on Lamar. And it, I just, I think the strength of schedule is what gives them the wins more than it is the, the uh, uniqueness of their offense. I do still think they have the skill, the ability to put out eight, to 10 wins by themselves but I think the extra couple of wins that they get are going to be they're just facing teams that just don't have it together so I've got them first in, in the AFC North at 12 and 4 alright alright I see you I see you okay I mean safe pick there at the top I gotta say safe pick pretty hard to argue <laughs> too much argue at the top there I guess so DJ what, do you, what about you so the order is kind of the same. I mean, I have the Bengals at five and eleven. I think they're going to be pretty good. They're going to win some tough games. Joe's going to be nice, be a rookie of the year guy, but they're still young team, not quite ready to take over the world yet. 
Steelers, fantastic defense. Ben Roethlisberger, we'll see. I hate to say it, but I'm not sure if Juju Smith-Schuster could be a number one receiver. I mean, he's awesome, but last year when he was healthy, he kind of struggled, so we'll see what he can do this year. If he can't establish himself of two like he was two years ago, they might be SOL, honestly, on offense because, yeah, we'll see with them. And just Big Ben, Mason Rudolph, we kind of just talked about it. You're not exactly swimming in all-pro quarterbacking right now. Then I have the Browns as an 11-5 and team. Similar reason that you mentioned is we talked about the head coach. They brought in Stefanski as the head coach, which a lot of people didn't like. The Viking, he was the Vikings offensive coordinator last year. When you make the comparisons to the Browns and the Vikings. Vikings, they had trouble on offense, so what did Stefanski do? Hand the ball to Dalvin Cook every play. (laughs) Baker Mayfield has trouble. What do you think they're going to do? Give the ball to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt every play after they rebuilt the offensive line in the offseason, too. Vikings, two really good Pro Bowl receivers. The Browns, two really good Pro Bowl receivers. Difference is the Browns have 17 deep at starting tight end, where the Vikings were 1-2, to two, depending on how you rate Irv Smith. And then quarterbacks who th- can move a little bit, they throw good off bootlegs, a little bit of mobility, play action. Baker with his footwork, I, it seems like a perfect fit. It almost lines up too perfectly. It's kind of weird, I, which makes me think they're going to go like 1-15 because I say this in case Keenan's going to be brought in. <laughs> and they also still have Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams. they got playmakers on defense. So I see the Browns being that team that makes the next step this year, 11-5, and five, contending. And like you, the Ravens have 14-2. and two. They kept everything they needed. You brought in Calais Campbell's big monster run-stopping destructive force self to play on the D-line. You draft J.K. Dobbins, arguably a top-two running back in the draft. In my opinion, he's the second-best running back to go with Mark Ingram. You brought in Patrick Queen, who's an absolute stud linebacker, top-two linebacker in the draft, arguably. Off-ball is not a pass rusher. You just kind of solidified everything. You had you had a great draft, and you are already a 14-2 and team. I think they keep that momentum going, and the Lamar train continues. It's probably not the same magical season like it was last year, but he's still a force to be reckoned with. He, still not a lot of people catching him in the open speed. Good luck, guys. Or yeah. tackling him one-on-one in the open field. So Yeah. I do like what you did mention, though, the idea of Isaiah Simmons on the Cardinals. If they, ever, if they match up, put Isaiah Simmons as the spy on Lamar. That's an interesting team. Maybe more teams will try picking a bigger safety that can kind of keep up with him. Obviously not all of them are Isaiah Simmons or Derwin James or freak of natures like that, but... It's an interesting concept is having a sub-linebacker safety just be like, you watch that fast monster, and do not let him take off and spin move our entire defense. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like uh, we, we heard about a long time, I'd say a long time ago, but with the Michael Vick era, when a lot of the NFC South teams put in really fast linebackers to to match up with their really good linebacker. Like Tampa Bay was the only one that had a Derek Brooks. I was just like, all right, you are alone, just watch him because you're already a freak. Yeah, you kind of see that with Lamar now. You know, and especially nowadays, college these college safeties. Some most of them are in the box safeties that are freakish athletes now. So you can you can find a gem in there, like an Isaiah Simmons. Hopefully, turns out to be. And I say a gem, like Isaiah Simmons, isn't going to be a gem. But no, I mean like the guy's a gold a gold mine. But he's just one of many. Like that. That's a that's a laboratory built. So that's <laughs> yeah, a, that is perfectly constructed in Madden creative. Play. He's the prototype for what every other in the box safety coming out of college wants to be. He's the prototype for what human genetics can achieve, basically. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, unlike you guys, uh, I don't have Cincinnati at the bottom of the uh, north. I have the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm sorry my bias is showing, but they have two quarterbacks that just have an issue touching people in their no-no squares. Um, and I, I just can't – I don't see I don't see Big Ben coming back and being good. But they have uh, good enough Patrick. to Good enough to – buoy them above five wins and the only reason they have five wins is because of their defense 
Minka, TJ Watt, Devin Bush. They're they're absolutely just outstanding. But Robert Hayward, I mean, that freak show too. Yeah, I mean, really, it's it's crazy. And but their their offense is just so. I don't know. James Conner is not a feature back. Not and, at all. And great story though. Yeah, great, absolutely great story coming out of pit with cancer and recovering and fighting all. Okay, yeah, bravo. But yeah, no man, uh, I don't see it. Juju, I don't. I don't think he can be a feature back, uh, a feature receiver. I just don't see him being a feature receiver with Big Ben as his quarterback or with Mason Rudolph as his quarterback. Um, I had high hopes for Mason Rudolph last year, and then he, you know. Especially after seeing the way he played and then the whole incident with Miles Garrett, it was just kind of, well, okay, hold on now. Um, so, yeah, I have them at 5-11. and 11. Uh, I have Joe Cool in Cincinnati actually looking good because T. Higgins emerges as a bona fide up-and-comer to replace A.J. Green. Um, I was 7-9 sitting there. Their defense is not bad at all. It's young, talented. Um, it's fast, which in this division you need. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's very fast. But you, yeah, I don't, they're just not there yet. They're not there good enough to go eight and eight. But their strength of schedule, kind of how you mentioned with Baltimore, their strength of schedule does give them the benefit of the doubt that they can win seven games. Um, I say that, but they're probably like you said about Cleveland. They're probably going to go one and fifteen. Yeah, you know, because I'm high on them. But we'll see. They still have Joe Mixon. I mean, he loves to hit people, so we'll see. It's got a nasty stiff arm. <laughs> yeah, that straight right is something else. But Cleveland, uh, I'm right there with you, DJ. 11 and five, all the town in the world. They actually have a coach. Um, the big question for me is, can Baker transcend his falling apart that happened last year? And this defense, yeah, they lost Joe Schubert, but somehow got better as a unit. Can they can they actually keep it together for a season? I don't know yet. But honestly, strength of schedule leads leads me to believe that they can go 11 and five. If Grant Elpit didn't get injured, I feel like that defense would be a contender for a top-tier defense, too. Just if he's anything like we think he'll be with those two corners on the outside, too, that would have been, that would have been pretty filthy. Yeah, definitely. But And then Baltimore, 12-4. and four. I just have them losing four games because two games, one's against the Chiefs, and then I have them splitting with the Browns. And then just two games of, hey, we have the playoffs wrapped up. We have the number one seed wrapped up. And I don't care anymore. So that's kind of what I see happening for the 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 Ravens unnecessarily making it close in the in the AFC North. But yeah, we'll see. I will say they did. I forgot to mention the Jaguars did draft Ronnie Harrison from the Jaguars. Not the Jets. Sorry, the Browns traded for him from the Jaguars. So maybe he can fill out Grant Delpit's spot. He's a nice up and coming player. And of course, right after he is traded, he tweets, "Thank God I'm out of there." So yeah, something. D- yeah, something about Jacksonville. But and then you know you mentioned their tight ends in Cleveland. I got I got one name for you. Harrison Bryant. He's going to be him and Austin Hooper. I think Njoku is getting traded because of Harrison Bryant. Harrison Bryant will be the number one pass-catching tight end on this team by the end of the season. I'm calling it right here, right now. He is a freak of nature. He will be a stud. We'll see. You know, but that's my prediction for the Browns. And if he can pull it together and Baker plays like we all think Baker can play, that team's really good and will give the Ravens a run for their money if not too they have Case Keenum who thrives in that oh I'm not supposed to do anything but I'm gonna do a little bit more than I should roll but as long as you have no expectations or pay me money under a head coach that he had no expectations and let a Minneapolis miracle under and all basically all you have to do with that team is hand the ball off to Nick Chubb and play action throw to Odell I mean that bowling ball will get you some yards I do think they have Pat Shermer during the Minneapolis miracle but either way it's a competent offensive-minded head coach regardless no matter what way you slice it 
And either way, we saw Kirk Cousins thrived with Stefanski last year. <laughs> yeah. You but, like that? Because Kirk sure is going to miss him. Ah, <laughs> Kirk Cousins. But we'll get to the NFC later. But, all right, so moving on, AFC South. Well, you never said the Ravens. I did say the Ravens. 12-4. Oh, okay, sorry. I missed the number. Oh, yeah, because I had them losing two games just randomly because they don't care. <laughs> just because <laughs> they just I literally just I, are, are done with the season. And, <laughs> and Harbaugh's like, Lamar, sit down. We don't need you getting hurt. J.K. Dobbins, go sit down. Mark Ingram, go sit down. You guy in the fourth row, come play running back. <laughs> yeah, uh, Trace McSorley, uh, you're <laughs> going to run for 300 yards today. Okay, thanks, guys. Break. That's that's going to be the game plan. Devin so. Duvernay, you know you're just going to take the snaps. Honestly, I mean, it, <laughs> screw it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, so that's yeah, so that's the AFC North. Uh, pretty unanimous for all of us with Baltimore um, and Cleveland rounding out the top two. A uh, little interchange with Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, and I say a little just because I'm trying to give you guys the benefit of the doubt that you're not totally wrong, but I'm going to tell you guys you're totally wrong. Uh, love you guys. Don't worry. <laughs> Nobody rides the Joe Burrow hype train like I did. I beat everybody to it last year. so Touche, touche. But speaking of Jacksonville, moving to the AFC South, Brendan, go ahead. Bless us with your AFC South. Let me guess. You had the Jaguars 13-3. and three. Oh fuck no! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize for my language. I just God no 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 no. That, that and I watched I I I, uh, I watched a lot of the film from back when they they made it to the title game. Was it seventeen sixteen somewhere in there? Seventeen. Can't remember what year. Seventeen. It's like gosh, that was such a good team. It offense was horrible. But it was it, it had potential, and I look at the team now, and I ask, where did it all go? Well, you see, they all got traded or released because there's not one single player still left on the team. <laughs> to the Rams, the Rams. I, I think there's two left from that that defense. I think there's Jack, Miles Jack, and I can't remember who the other one was. It's not Tevin Smith. It's not Adrian no. Bouye. It's not Jalen Ramsey. It's not Yannick Ngakwe. It's not Taj Gibson. Not, not Taj Gibson. Kill, not Clayus Campbell. <laughs> it's not Ronnie um, Harris. <laughs> point, point made, but anyway. Um, I think it's I Wilson, their other safety, I think, is probably the only one. No, because Taj Gibson was the other safety at the time. Oh, never mind then. Yeah, it's nobody. And then wasn't Barry Church the other safety? Josh team? Allen? No, Josh Allen was their pick after that. Because oh. he was their first round pick. After that 17th season. Well, the mystery eludes us, people. We- <laughs> I, I, I know there's one more guy. I cannot remember his name. Clearly, he's not Miles Jack. I think you're thinking no, of Tevin Smith, but it's sure not him anymore. <laughs> I think he was there. I think he was their second D tackle. But other than that, no. Malik but no, Jackson, I, I don't. I don't but he's believe in too. that man. They've, they've lost so many pieces. The point they is, don't it's have gone. A quarterback. They don't have a second quarterback. Or a backup quarterback, I should say, because they just got rid of their career backup quarterback in Nick Foles. Um, what are you talking about? Their backup starting? It's Gardner. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> they, uh, I have them at, th- at three and thirteen. I, I do not see them doing very well at all this year. And those three wins are just gimmies. It was more of like uh, I can't have an zero and sixteen team. <laughs> I get and, that. I mean. They released their starting running back, who honestly wasn't that great anyway. Tell that to the people help. who watched him in college, because they will ride by that train till they die. Oh, I know, I know. I Leonard Fournette in college is ten million times better than Leonard Fournette in the pros. I will say that, and I will stand by that. I don't know what happened, but he got fat and lazy. To 
be fair, Derrick Henry wasn't great in the NFL until the last couple of years. Well, Derrick Henry is a, again, <laughs> made in a laboratory, <laughs> and his off switch is buried somewhere in that ponytail that we'll never find because you can't break that thing. It's pure yeah. iron steel. It's a basilisk of metal. Um, <laughs> but uh, to move on from the Jags, I guess we've we've kind of tore them down enough. Um, Have we yet? There's still two of us to go. <laughs> uh, the next up on the list, at number three in the division, I have the Titans at seven and nine. I think they have a little bit of regression. I don't. Th- I I don't bit? see them making the playoffs again. I think the biggest issue is. They need more quarterback play, and I don't see that happening. I think that there's there's far more teams that have the potential to t- to knock them out. But I thought you loved Ryan Tannehill based off your Madden. <laughs> I haven't used Tannehill yet. Come on. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Give it time. He'll he'll love throwing um, corner routes for picks. <laughs> well, now you got an option to shut that down. That's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Moving forward. Uh, <laughs> um, at uh, number two in the division, I have the Texans at ten and six. Um, I really like the Texans. I think they they had a great start against the Chiefs in the playoffs this last year. Um, they wonderful first quarter. <laughs> it's a great first quarter. Up, definitely blew up at the uh, rest of the game. Those but, eight minutes uh, will live forever in infamy. <laughs> the remaining fifty-two, not so much. <laughs> Not for the if not they, for the Texans. If they if they can manage a half of that first quarter for most of their season, they'll be all right. Deshaun Watson uh, did get paid, so yeah, he got paid. And, and I, I I still believe Deshaun Watson's a top seven, top eight quarterback easily. Um, they still have an okay defense it's enough to kind of keep the ball at least in play for the offense. Um, and the only thing I have an issue with, I don't, I don't like, is the Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brienness. Uh, just everything, Bill O'Brien. <laughs> the chin, um, the face, the decisions, all of it. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I think Deshaun Watson's got that clutch ability to be able to pull in the wins for him. I don't think that he's going to have a lot of help to do so, but I, I do believe in his ability, which is why I say ten and six and. I also know that they play the the NFC North this year, and they have a lot of potential wins there. So I give them ten and six. Um, That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I, I four guarantee or three guarantees in a well, that'll be a close game for a while. Yeah. So and then at top of the division, I have the Colts. Um, I like having Philip Rivers there. I think his competitive instinct will will be a little bit more of a driving force on the team than a lot of people expect. I think that that competitive edge that he's got mentally will kind of be a, a, a staple for the rest of the team to kind of grab onto and and push him forward. I think uh, some of the guys that may have have you know lost a step or or just didn't have quite the motivation with this whole offseason being as wacky as it was. I think he's going to be able to drive the team a lot harder than, oh, him off. Uh, <laughs> than a lot, <laughs> curse a lot him. of the other guys. Uh, I don't know. I like him. I've got him at 11-5. and five. Uh, A lot of the games they have are very winnable. Um, 
the only the only the only thing I know that that's that's more painful for a Bears fan having no quarterback is the the Colts hearing the words "What if." <laughs> what if <laughs> DJ's trying to hope you're not saying Andrew Luck <laughs> that, I think that's where you're trying to get at but I mean you kind of just said what if and stopped on us I mean like that could be anything well, like what if the Colts stayed in Baltimore what if Peyton Manning's neck didn't snap in half what if he didn't throw that damn interception against the Saints <laughs> there it is what There's if Hank, the trigger what if Hank Basket just caught the damn ball that hit him in the head Found the on switch, guys. We got to find the off one now. See, we get. It's like, what if the Bears would just taken Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson? What if the Bears had a kicker? What if the Cowboys had a quarterback? Like, you could go down this list. Don't all tease me time. like that, man. <laughs> they do. It's just their offensive coordinator is their fucking quarterback. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Now, what if is like the worst thing you could ask in this trio of people right it's now? What the worst you could ask to any sports team besides the Patriots? They can just fudge off. They're fine. Oh, the Yankees. Anyways, so, all right. I like your picks. I actually respect your picks a lot, and I, I do love the Phillip Rivers reasoning in, in Indy. Uh, DJ? Well, Captain What If himself, go ahead and give us AFC South. Well, I'll agree with you on Jacksonville being 3-13, and because I think they're in that tanking for Trevor Sweepstakes. The problem is Gardner Minshew and DJ Shark are just a little too good to fully tank properly, so they'll win just a few too many games. And Dede Westbrook, LaVisca, Chenault. They have just a little bit too much to properly tank, although they're doing their damn best to try. <laughs> they're trying. Tennessee, I have falling behind the wagon at 5-11. and 11. They lost Jarrell Casey. They, I mean, you paid a lot to Ryan Tannehill. They lost Conklin on the O-line. None of these receivers have really shown the ability to truly step up. I mean, Corey Davis had that one great playoff game against the Patriots, and not a lot since. A.J. Brown started out like a world beater, and then not a lot since. I like John Smith at tight end, but let's see a little more from him. It seems like it's Derrick Henry's basketball sprayed or bust every single play. And I think the defense is going to take a little step back, even with Jadavian Clowney. We'll see how that goes. He's So I have them at 5-11 and 11 until proven otherwise. Houston, I have at 9-7. and seven. Similar reasons, because Deshaun Watson's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Clutch factor, you mentioned. He wins in spite of Bill O'Brien. And I really like Brandon Cooks on the team as, as a speedster, kind of filling in, the, in DeAndre Hopkins' spot. Not the same type of receiver, but he takes the top off, and when Will Fuller inevitably gets hurt, you have that deep threat in Brandon Cooks. Plus, Randall Cobb in the slot's a nice weapon for him, too. Like, And if David Johnson's 8% of what he was in 2017, they got a quality running back. So I like the Texans. If J.J. Watt can play more than seven snaps this year, their defense should be fine. And I have the Colts at 12-4. and four. Similar reasons. Phil Burris is one of the most gangster quarterbacks in the league. You have the best offensive line in football, arguably, top three. Three good running backs. If Jonathan Taylor's not a complete waste of space in the NFL, he's going to be a 1,000-yard rusher before we know it. Maybe not this year, but coming up soon. T.Y. Hilton's back healthy. Paris Campbell's fast. Michael Pittman's going to be the underrated receiver in the draft. And most importantly, I really like what the Colts have on defense when you look at it. DeForest Buckner gives them a true legit pass rusher slash slash force on the defensive line, Something which they haven't had in years. Not, I mean, Justin Houston's nice, but he's not DeForest Buckner. That, I mean, that guy had a that was not say he wasn't really in the running for Super Bowl MVP, but he's kind of making a case when you look at it. I mean, he was an absolute force of nature. Darius Leonard plays all sixteen games. He's a defensive player of the year candidate every year, even though everyone everyone shafts him in every way, shape, and form. They just have a squad. I mean, that defense is vastly underrated, and they're fast. 
I like the Colts to go twelve and four. When I went through the schedule, there's a lot of games where they possibly could screw it up. But I mean, they went seven and nine last year with Jacoby Brissett, who won them zero games last year. Maybe won one. He just didn't lose any. He just didn't. He didn't really win any of the games. But he probably lost them two or three just by being a little conservative. Game manager extraordinaire last year. To a T. And I imagine there's going to be a few games like last year that he didn't do anything, and that Phil Rivers is like, oh, shucks. And they just come in there and whip it with this broken ass throwing motion and pull it off. I think there's going to be a few more words than ah, shucks coming from Phil Rivers' mouth. But yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And, and to be fair, I mean, the only difference is one game between the Colts and, you know, on your pick and Colts and my pick. And I think that one game is. The one in Chicago. Okay. I think there's Probably. a little bit of bias on my side. <laughs> Probably, but and then even and at the same time, but Bears fan bias, no. And last year when Jacoby went down, they were leading the division. Brian Hoyer came in and stunk it up even worse than Dak Prescott could in his wildest dreams, and lost three games in a row, and they never bounced back. So they were a good team last year that just kind of underperformed. This year you add an All-Pro defensive tackle, a former All-Pro quarterback, really good draft. I like the Colts at twelve and four, so. They could be. I think they'll be a good team this year. How do you have the AFC South playing out? Yeah, I'm just going to continue the uh, the trend of beating up on the Jaguars. Although I have a little more faith in that that th- that DJ Shark can win them two mm. uh, two more games. I have them five and eleven. DJ Shark alone can win them two D- more games. DJ so. Shark is a game breaker, and he proved that last year on my bench in fantasy football. Even though he was literally the name of my team. Yeah, you kind of screwed the boot. <sighs> it hurt me, man. It hurt me. But no, I mean Gardner. I do think Gardner builds on what he does did last year. I do think he gets a little more arm power. Okay, let's not kid ourselves. He's still Gardner Minshew. He throws lo- lollipops out there for 40 yards that somehow DJ Shark comes down with. They're 40-yard um, punts, basically. Yeah, but D.D. Westbrook is a stud, but I do not think D.D. makes it past the trade deadline this year. Um, I do think he goes to a t- contender, uh, but that's just my thought on that. But I do think they win five games early, and then it's just – trash crap (laughs) um whatever they're tanking trying to do is gonna get blown up early and then they're gonna try too late to continue tanking and it's not gonna work so five and eleven jacksonville jaguars uh seven and nine tennessee um the basilisk that is derrick henry will find his chamber of secrets and the gryffindor sword in the rest of the afc south uh but it's not gonna be pretty for him but he's still gonna be lead the league in rushing at the end of the season just because he is wow <laughs> like it's coming from an Auburn fan that I just literally have no words for how good he is and he's a prototype of freakishness um it's crazy uh Houston I yeah nine and seven I have him just over 500 because of Deshaun not because of Bill O'Brien I have him close to 500 because of Bill O'Brien um but Deshaun gets them that extra game to go over 500 and give him potential playoff berth uh but, yeah, everything you said about Brandon Brooks being added onto that team, if David Johnson can become back healthy, he is a great pass-catching weapon. And, honestly, that is something that Deshaun needs. He needs that safety outlet because his safety outlet and DeAndre is there, just let me throw it up, is gone. So something closer to the line, something that he can actually – and even break up some of this pass rush that he faces a lot of. So it would be a nice little change for him. It'll help him get rid of the box. He does like to hold it and try and throw it downfield a little bit because he knows he can make those plays. He knows he's got that gangster in him, so he's like, oh, just give me a minute to be gangster. But yeah. then he gets hit for it. And most importantly, congratulations on his contract because I don't think there's a quarterback in the AFC South that is better than him. I don't think there has been since Andrew Luck retired. I know it's only been season and a half, but still. I don't think it's even it, – unless Phil like, Rivers turns back the clock a couple of three years or so, I don't think it's even close right yeah, now. Yeah, and, and he will continue to be the quarterback in this division until – 
I think he retires at this point unless somebody just lands a stud. Unless Trevor Lawrence pops up in Jacksonville, maybe, or maybe and even then it'll take a couple seasons. Maybe so. Jacob Easton turns out to be a superstar, but highly unlikely. So, yeah. I mean. but then that that leads me to top of the division, the Colts. Uh, you mentioned it, arguably top three is what you said. Uh, I gotta say, arguably top one, and it's not even close anymore. I just. I'm sorry, Quentin Nelson by himself could make a whole offensive line a number one offensive line, and then you add an actual competence surrounding, like competency surrounding him. Like you're just, all right, yeah. Uh, the only thing I actually worry about is the Philip Rivers factor in this, and it's not because Philip Rivers. I don't. I worry about him not performing. He can literally the dude can shot put a ball twenty yards to T.Y. Hilton if he has to. I worry about him pissing off the wrong person on this team when he tries to fire up somebody. And that's what I worry about. I think his mouth sometimes gets him in trouble because he has been the thorn in the side of the Colts for so many years. Talking all this smack, now he's on the Colts. And it's just like, well, does some of that bad blood ever rear its head? Now, mind you, this is a completely different Colts team that literally only one player on this Colts team has ever seen, well, two players, has ever seen Phillip Rivers in a playoff game. But... That's Casanzo and T.Y., but at the same time, if... They didn't even see Phillip in a playoff game. They haven't played since, like, 2007, so... But Terry yeah. would have been the only one, and he's gone now. So, yeah, so... But I just... I don't know, man. Phillip Rivers is that, that, that all-time gamer that if I want somebody to fire up a team, I think he's the guy, but he's old school about it. And I worry about with a younger team like the Colts... Does that old school mentality sometimes clash? I will say he's never had teammates complain about him. At least that's true. Yeah, every teammate has ever come out and said he is the guy that they want behind, like on their side. And Frank Reich was with him as an OC in San Diego. I'm calling him San Diego. I don't care if they were LA or not. (laughs) In San Diego, so I don't think you bring in a guy that's like, well, yeah, who knows the team better than Frank? So I know what you're saying, and you're, and at the same time, it's does Philip have anything left? Was last year his career? Was it an anomaly because that offensive line was Swiss cheese? Yeah, and they didn't throw anything under 40 yards, it seemed like. And it was, it's hard for me to say because I did. I was so hard on him last year preseason that I didn't think he had the arm strength. I did think he was going to fall off last season. But honestly, his, his offensive line was literally Swiss cheese last year. So I don't – I don't know. It's hard, to, it's hard to base what happened last season off of just Philip. I do think he has something left. Um, and I do think this offseason, the way it was just structured, actually helps them out because they are not taking as many hits, and there is no preseason games to take hits in. So I think it helps them out. And uh, I do think the one underrated thing, you mentioned Adam Vinatieri, I do think the one underrated thing for this Colts team is is replacing Vinatieri with probably the best kicker I've ever seen in college in Rodrigo Blankenship out of Georgia. You know, Goggles himself is, <laughs> that dude is, he doesn't miss kicks. If they are within 40, he doesn't miss them. If they're within 50, he misses one out of 40. That is one underrated <laughs> thing. Is Vinatieri lost multiple games last year with his kicks last. So yeah. he did. He obviously has the clutch factor like no other kicker ever, but he missed a lot last year. So yeah. ch- chipping a few of those, you never know. Yeah, and, 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 and you know, it's as simple as you, you replace you, you know, your quarterback, you upgrade your quarterback with Phillip Rivers. And I'm not saying anything against, you know, Jacoby, but – yeah, it, you get the all-time gamer as your quarterback. You're going to take him, and again, nothing against Vinatieri, but you're old. Your leg is starting to fall apart. You're starting you're, to you're, you're starting to overkick. 50. <laughs> yeah, you're literally starting to overkick. So you're shanking things. Um, so you replace him with a younger, proven kicker. So it's you know, hopefully Blankenship proves off. Hopefully Rivers can, can continue. Uh, this team is 12 and four. Is and I'm, I'm being kind of mean by making them 12 and four. They have the potential to go 14 and two, really easily, and they also have the potential to go. Two and fourteen, if things go off the rails. But 
that's a very extreme case because their defense is so good. Yeah, and then with an off with the offensive line, the ability to run the ball, it's like, well, that should be like seven wins somewhere in the region. <laughs> yeah, there. exactly. So but, moving on to the AFC East, this will be fun. All right, Brendan, let's hear what you got here. <laughs> the Jets at well, thirteen and three. <laughs> Patriots at one and fifteen. <laughs> oh God, please. The 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 love I had for the Jets last year is gone. Um. I, I have them at the bottom of the division. I have them at three and thirteen. Okay, talk about a one eighty. <laughs> that is a change. <laughs> um, I I kind of mentioned this to DJ uh, in our conversations just you know the last couple of weeks. I have a very 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 strong uh, worry for Sam Darnold's ability to stay away from Ghost. infected people. <laughs> So I'm I'm kind of biased on that. And then, obviously, they lose their two best defenders, um, both leaders on the defense, which, as we saw with the Luke Keekley thing, I don't think, I, you know, we said with the Luke Keekley thing, I don't think the defenses will be the same when they lose their leaders. Um, the other uh, thing is... Jamal Adams leaving is going to hurt you? No. Top 20 uh, player in the league? Miss me with that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it... Uh, and I don't blame Jamal Adams. <laughs> I know. I really don't. Because, I mean, yeah, he wants money, but on the flip side, he's on the Jets. So, I, I mean, win. there's, there's <laughs> yeah, no upside can't spend there. the entire offseason recruiting Le'Veon Bell and basically doing everything but offering him strippers and cocaine, and then a year later, like, nah, see, man. Hey, now, there's things that happened in the DMs that we weren't privy to. He could have offered up strippers and cocaine. That's what I'm saying. You can't <laughs> offer all of that to Le'Veon Bell and then just be like, okay, bye, a year later. I don't know, man. I heard they had some really great cocaine in Seattle. I mean, um, they might, but I mean, they, it's, it's they a long game. They're all trying to get everybody in Seattle again. Hey, there. You know what? Those two teams meet up, so maybe we see Jamal Adams and Le'Veon Bell collide somewhere. Yeah, that would be fun. Dreamers can draw. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm not, I'm not high on the Jets this year. They're everything about them is just seems off. Uh, they. They lost a receiver. I know it's not a big, you know, it's not their number one or two, but he was kind of sitting at three or four, which is their, you know, you get into spread offense at all. With Adam Gase, you're getting a little bit of spread offense. They lost their three-four guy, um, their three-two-four guy, in an opt-out, which I think is a big thing that a lot of people are kind of undermining. Is there's some big opt-outs this year. But uh, yeah, Jets at three and thirteen. Um, they lost a lot of key guys. I don't really have trust in their coach more than their players, <laughs> uh, which is ironic. I know because he's trash. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so then moving on, I have the Dolphins next. Um, I have them at five and eleven. Um, I think that uh, with their announcement of of Tua sitting to start the season, I think they go, you know, they get two wins out of the first four weeks. Um, after that, they realize they can't rely on <laughs> Fitzmagic anymore. Um, I think Tua does get them three wins. I don't see him getting much more, more than that. I'd see it by five at 11. Uh, again, I I have a hard time with this offseason and rookie starters. Uh, it's a big transition. They don't have the, the preseason snaps. They don't have 
some of the some of the teams they didn't have really good training camps. Um, I don't like getting political, but the one thing that it did happen this off season was there was teams that sat out in protest. Um, I don't like I said, not gonna get into politics, but a day off is still a day missed in potential learning opportunities. So, um, you know, that that's one less day to be ready for when the, the, the real thing happens for these rookies who haven't played at the speed of, of the NFL. So I, I have a hard time um, with Tua doing as great. I do think he has the ability to go up further, but uh, that's where I have him, 5-11, and 11, number three in the division. Number two, um, I have the Pats. Uh, I do not I do not see them winning the division without Tom Brady but on the flip side they have a lot of good staples there that stayed from the the Brady you know transition and with Cam there's a lot of good things that could happen problem is, is I haven't seen Cam play in a long time I don't know how he's going to be, and I don't know how Belichick is going to adjust to having a mobile quarterback after 20 years. <laughs> um, so I have him at 7-9. and nine. I think the conservativeness of Belichick and what they allow in the offense um, versus what they had with Brady, I know the quick reads thing uh, could really help Cam. I think the biggest issue, though, is he won't have that second read mentality that Tom had because he didn't have this feet uh, whereas Cam has his feet and so I think he's going to get that first and try and go. I think that could be a lot of issues because it could break down a lot of the, the game plan that they might push forward onto him. So I have him 7-9 at number 2. Um, still respectable, still not you know amazing, but it's it's kind of a prove-it year for Cam to, to say, hey, I, I still deserve a contract despite his injury. And with the offseason, it was tough. I know it was tough for Cam to get a job because you can't. They couldn't, you know, try out anyone. They couldn't bring anyone in. So, I like him. I like I, I like him at seven and nine. Um, I like the idea of having Cam in a new new area just to see how he does. But with the Patriots, I don't know if it's the same kind of environment where it's a little bit more open to letting him return to the say MVP Cam. So. Seven and nine, number two. Uh, number one, I have the Bills. I think a lot of people are up on the Bills right now. Their coaching is great. Um, Josh Allen's not the best quarterback in the league, but he's far from the worst. Um, easy to say. There's at least one that's at least two that are worse than him in the NFC. In Chicago, and they're on the same team. Um <laughs> Uh, I have the Bills 10 and 6, number one, taking the division this year. Uh, I think their defense is just as good as it has been in years past. Uh, their offense is good enough, plus Stephon Diggs. If Diggs gives Josh Allen that guy to just let his arm loose, there could be some really fun, fun opportunities in Buffalo this year where you see some big plays. That they didn't really have the opportunity to make in years past because Dix does have that on-field ability to to just break a defense apart. But on the same same note, he doesn't have an Adam Thielen opposite him, of him. So I'm not 
sure how it'll work. I'm, I'm confident, though. I still have them 10-6. Uh, they don't have a horribly tough schedule, and I give them at least the four wins with the Dolphins and the Jets. So I have them splitting with the Patriots. That gives them five of their ten wins. They're, you know, and then the rest are just kind of how it played out for me. But 10-6, Bills, number one in the AFC East. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, I have the Dolphins a little bit worse. I have them at 4-12, and 12, mostly because I think their defense is going to be nice. They're just going to lose a lot of really close games because it's magic. Tua, well, we need to give him a little more time. We'll see. Rita's okay, but he'll get hurt at some point. Jordan Howard's nice, but they never seem to – they'll probably have him running toss plays with his 4-7 speed instead of running a halfback dive. And their receivers, while pretty good, they, they're just still building. They need another year or two. They're, they're coming along. The Jets, well, they're the Jets. They're 5-11. and 11. Not a whole lot to say there. Patriots, I have it 8-8. Eight eight. I like the Cam Newton addition. I think they're going to make – I think they're going to beat in every single game they play. Bill's going to be like, look, you can do whatever you want, Cam. We just need to win 21-17. Every game we won last year was similar. We didn't need to score 30. Our secondary is still elite, even with all the people that have opted out for the Patriots. But they're just not – they're missing that extra little bit that Tom gives you, so I'm going to have them at 8-8. Eight eight. They'll be fun to watch, though, I think. Cam, I think Cam and Josh McDaniels and Bill, I think it'll be a good fit overall. And the Bills, I have winning the division at 9-7. and seven. I think they're good. I think that defense is one of the best coaches in the league. Stephon Diggs, one of the top three or four route runners in the AFC now. Pure deep threat. Josh Allen, laser rocket arm. Cole Beasley, Schmeasley, underneath all the time. Nothing beyond five yards. Has no issue catching laser rockets thrown at him from five yards away. They just stick to his chest and don't move. <laughs> John Brown's another guy that could take the top off. They have good weapons. Devin Singletary's really nice in the backfield. I like what they got. I just don't think they're quite they're not quite ready to jump up and be like, oh, we're the Ravens and the Chiefs now. We're not quite there, but we're still a playoff team. And the division I just don't think is that great, honestly. It's an okay division, but it's not great. So Bills take it at nine and seven. They're still a competitive team. Like they could beat anybody, they just lose more close games this year that they won last year. I like it. I, I actually have this division as the most competitive in the AFC, and it's because the loss of Tom Brady kind of evens out this playing field completely, um, except for the Jets. Yeah, uh, the yeah. Jets are the Jets are the cellar dwellers for me. They are 4-12. and 12. Uh, There will be 12 games of Darnold watching ghosts run around and uh, Jamal Adams killing people, uh, killing the Jets when he comes and plays the Jets. So. Doesn't help when your offensive coordinator <laughs> slash head coach is literally a ghost himself. So yeah, he, he doesn't know how to put call plays at all, or open it, or you know, close his eyes. Yeah, um, stepping up from them at number three, I, a very competitive Patriots team at ten and six, uh, finishing third in the division. Um, I have a, they're an eight and eight team, just on paper. But then you add in if Cam can actually come back and be healthy. They're a ten and sixteen easily. Cam wins them two games. I like him having James White, which is something he kind of got to see a little with Christian McCaffrey before he got hurt. That check down safety valve, where okay, I don't have to book it. I just flick it and watch this guy be athletic. James White gives, and Rex Burkhead gives him that in spades too. And he has an offensive line. I said this before when I talked about Cam going to the Patriots. The offensive line is something Cam has never had in the pros, and he's like his best offensive line is when they went to the Super Bowl, and it was still Swiss cheese. Yeah, they had some pretty good players. I know, but it was it wasn't a top ten def- It wasn't top ten offensive line. It was still sitting there in the middle of the pack, and this is an offensive line that is top ten, especially when it comes to the run, especially with the coaching. If, yeah, maybe if not the players, they're just so well coached. And you talk about a what if situation. Well, Drew Drew Bledsoe was the starting quarterback before Tom Brady, and Drew Bledsoe was known to scramble a little bit and make plays up. Not much, but he he could do it. 
before you know, before he got injured, then Tom took over, and then the statue was built, uh, if you would. They built that wall, and no one touched <laughs> it. Uh, but so yeah, New England ten and six, finishing third in the division though, um, losing only on tiebreaker to Buffalo, who wins the head-to-head battles against New England. Buffalo finishes second in the division at ten and six. Uh, Devin Singletary, I, I think, is probably one of the best running backs in the division. Um, set coming in second year, uh, offset with Josh Allen's stupid, ridiculous arm to Stephon Diggs, who is the best deep route runner in the league. I'd say at least in the AFC right now. Um, Terry Kill still in the AFC, but best deep route runner, not best deep speedster. I think route when it comes to just pure routes and getting separation from the route itself, Stefan Diggs takes the cake. When it's just like okay, if you're talking like a 27 yard post route, maybe something like that. Yeah, if I'm talking, I can just run straight up the line, straight up the sideline, and beat everybody because I'm Tyreek Hill. Well, okay, then that's not. That say I if we're talking deep, they true deep threats. I feel like it's Tyreek, Ty, and Stefan Diggs in the AFC. Your bias is showing. Have you seen T.Y. run a deep route on people? Do I need to show the Chiefs and the Colts play? Yeah, fair, fair, enough, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Anyways, I stand by my statement. If there's a quarterback that can I throw stand it by to my him, statement. So Josh say. Allen in uh, his rocket arm Put T.Y. to Stephon Diggs and Devin Singletary. And this defense, again, young, star-studded. Jadavius White on the outside. Best just corner in the too. league. Yep, just got paid as well. So we'll see how he does after he gets paid. He's not fighting for that contract anymore. And he doesn't have Gronkowski's elbow in his <clears> neck. Yeah, true. Um, you got Tremaine Edwards in there. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's that's a great building block. And then in my – literally, I cannot lie to you guys. When I'm building – when I'm going through the schedule, this this shocked me that I had them winning this many games, period, let alone leading the division. But Miami Dolphins at 12-4. and four. Who's, who's starting those? Is it Fitzpatrick or Tua? Fitzpatrick starts the first four games. They go 2-2 two and two in those four games. They win the first two, lose three straight. All right, their first game with Tua, they lose in the fifth in game five. So I have Tua starting game five, but then they rattle off. So hold on, let me find it. Hold on. Ten out of eleven. They rattle off. Yeah, five straight. Go into a bye week, win two more, lose another, and then win out three games. So they at win, twelve and four. Nine out of ten after Tua comes in. Roughly. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I hate myself for it. I hate. I hate to admit the fact that they have a really good team built for what Tua can provide because their defense and their for freaking defensive backs are just so dirty on paper. Their secondary like, is really, really elite, and they got some force in the front seven. It's got some. And you look at this, but you look at this, this especially this division, and then the teams they play is a very pass-heavy schedule that they're facing. They're not facing very many. I'm just going to run it down your throat type of teams. And in those games, they definitely that those are the games I have them losing pretty comfortably. <laughs> um, but. It, it, when they're playing a very pass-heavy team, you have, you had Byron Jones in the mix along with everybody else you have on this defense. Maybe like Howard and me. Yeah, like, come on now. I mean, it, you talk about a rebuild. This defense has been rebuilt out of nothing, and Raquan McMillan is something to watch out for um, in the middle of this defense. And I do think this is – I. I <sighs> I was I was lost for words when I went through this. I feel like Brennan last year with the Jets. You just go through it and you just like, okay, this shouldn't this shouldn't happen. I do like that they have Devontae Parker. They have a true number one receiver in Quebec. Okay, this is my safety. This is my Jerry Judy or whoever you yeah. want to say that. And Matt Breed is a true speedster running back. If he stays healthy, he can break a few plays. 
I'm a little interested in their offensive line. I know they drafted the one kid. I can't remember which one they drafted. I think it was Thomas, was it? Or uh, Yeah. From they Georgia. drafted one of those tackles. The Georgia, yeah, the yeah, Georgia Thomas. tackle. And they were working on the offensive line. But Tua's the type of quarterback who thinks he's athletic, but he's really oh, yeah. not. So, I'm worried he's going to run himself into some trouble. This is this is the Fitzmagic Fitz factor that I, that I have built in, and that's the fact that this kid went to Harvard, Fitzmagic did, and there is something special about the way he thinks about this game. If you look at his arm, he should never be good. So you're thinking somehow a little bit of him rubs, rubs I th- up on two. I, yeah, I think this preseason, again, the same effect that I talked about with Phillip Rivers, this preseason benefited Tua in a different way. It made him be more cerebral. He's already coming over, coming off this hip, so he can't, physically he was like, okay, hold on, I can't always do everything I was. So mentally, he's now working with Fitzpatrick, who is, I mean, I'd say as a quarterback, who is completely under arm, undermanned, underarmed physically, he's, he's mentally ahead of the game. So if there's a teacher there and you're Tua, that's the guy you want. And you mentioned Devontae Parker, you got Mike Kosicki too, two big body guys to throw to. Who, uh, by the way, Kasiki is the best at doing the Jason Witten route. Uh, run five yards, stop, turn around, hit me in the chest. I got it. Just expand my <laughs> arms and box out. And Devontae Parker, maybe one of the best quick slant guys because his body is so thick to get around. Like and he has four four speed too. I mean, yeah, you get him the ball. And Tua, I, I've said it a thousand times, and I will say it again. He throws slants and curls. All day long, and that is what he's good at. And guess what? This offense is good at <laughs> slants and curls. I don't like it. I hate it. I hate saying it. But the Dolphins are twelve and four, winning the division. Everything you said, I think, is something that would happen in like a year or two. I like everything you said. I just think they're not quite there yet. But it, you know what? What you got is what you got. It's Maybe. the year of the Corona. At this point, we don't know what's yeah, going to happen. Florida's had been hit hard as anybody, basically. So we'll see. Yeah. I do love Brian Flores as the head coach, so I think he's going to be one of the Belichick disciples that just gets it. He's going to be—he's not going to be Bill O'Brien's butt chin or Romeo Cornell's whatever, whatever that was, or any of those guys. Like <laughs> he's one of those guys that gets it. and I think he's going to be a—he's going to be a true head coach for years to come. Bill's going to hate him. He's going to be like, God damn you. Yeah, I, and I do think this is going to be like I have them beating New England both games, and I think it continues the whole Belichick cannot beat Flores for some reason, even though they absolutely torched him the first game last hey, year, look, like fifty man. to ten. It, it, that was a different team. That was not Brian Flores as we know him. It is funny that they just cut Josh Rosen though. That thought was interesting. They didn't try to. They tried to trade him and nobody wanted. Him. They're just like, nah, get out of here. Which is good because that must mean two is doing showing something or yeah. Rosen's just that bad. It could go either way. Yeah, I, I still have a lot of questions about Josh Rosen. Period. And that's a different story for a different day. Like, what happened to that guy that was being so projected? I didn't like him to begin with, and I'm wondering if what my fears were or kind of what they came out with, but. I don't know what's going on there, but you're right. Like them just saying, Tua, you're our guaranteed backup. Here you go. Here's the reins to the future future car. Like, take us in the way. Be ready and stand behind Thomas. Don't get hit. <laughs> yeah. But no, so anyways, that's that's my East. So I got Miami winning, Buffalo two, New England three, Jets at four. So moving to the land of the rating Super Bowl champs. Uh wild, the wild West. AFC West, Big Red Nation, if you would. No, <laughs> Brendan, go ahead. Take it away with the wild, wild west. Um, I hate I hate doing this because I, 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 I'm looking back at all of these records and I have so many three and thirteen teams. Um, starting with another three and thirteen team, I have the Chargers at fourth in the division. Um, loss of of uh, Bill Rivers is a huge thing. I. 
They've been so injury-stricken the last few years. I don't feel confident in their ability to stay healthy. Uh, they've got a new quarterback. Again, same thing as I said before. I'm hesitant on the rookies. I know it could be a very, very, very good thing for this offseason and not have any physical stuff, but I, growing up being told physicality is kind of the key to to playing a game it's hard for me to get past that mentality of you've got to get snaps in and in real life even just scrimmage situations so the offseason kind of kills it for any chances if I remember it was Herbert right that went to the Chargers yeah yeah Tyrod Taylor is the starter yeah I don't and Tyrod Taylor yeah he's kind of a career backup guy he's mobile but he doesn't do great Herbert how dare you disrespect the great Tyrod Taylor it's Tyrod Oh, sorry, sorry. Tarod. Tarod. At least put some respect on his name if you're going to insult him. I love that man. <laughs> Great, you're going to have them 13 and 3. Don't tell I me. Have, no, 3 13. Um, the other thing about Herbert that I don't like is his game. I can't really name a Oregon quarterback who has been good in the last, Marcus I don't know, 50 years. Dennis Dixon. Sorry. I, you, can't really call, you can't really say Marcus Mariota because he he was good for like a year. You said you didn't say that though. You said he's been good. Joey Harrington. Oh, d- being good, far, being good, good at stepping being out of good, the end zone. That's good. I <laughs> at least a two-year consistency. So. <laughs> um, yeah, three thirteen. They have great defense. I, I I personally love their defense. I love what they have potential-wise. Um, I think they can do a lot better with building their offensive line. I think they can give Herbert every opportunity to become good. Uh, the problem is, is this is just not the year for them. Um, they're in a tough division, uh, specifically with the Chiefs being at the at the helm. They're, they're not going to have wins given to them. So um, I have them 313, uh, fourth in the division. Number three, I have the Raiders. I have them going 8-8. Eight and eight. 500, uh, whatever you want to call it. I I think they're going to win despite Gruden. Um, I still don't believe in his ability to coach in today's NFL. I, I, I do believe in him as a coach. It's just from about a decade ago. <laughs> so <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I like him. I still think they're going to rattle off some, some wins that a lot of people aren't expecting to. Um, I think Derek Carr comes out proves himself in terms of stats I just don't think that the stats are going to be very meaningful uh, if that makes a whole lot of sense to, to, to people but that's that's the way I feel I think Derek Carr is going to be that um, that kind of standout guy who doesn't make a key difference on this team the Dak Prescott diet, empty calories <laughs> god if that didn't sum up my life I don't know what did fair enough um, yeah, so I think if you wanted to say the AFC equivalent of Dak Prescott, Derek Carr. Yeah, don't disrespect uh, Derek Carr like that. What do he do to you? <laughs> the man had his leg broken half. Don't do that to him. He has Henry Ruggs now. He can at least get five yards an attempt. All right. But, yeah, so 8-8, eight, eight and eight, I, I still think they're a respectable team. Um, I still think that there's some things they can improve on. I personally am not a huge fan of the move to Vegas. 
Uh, I think that could be a huge, huge impact to their whole mentality as a team. It's a heck of a home um, field advantage, though, because good luck with the other teams coming to Vegas. Yeah. Well, I, I as, far, as far as I, I would say that I would agree with that, this year is going to be limited to see that, that impact. I think next year when everything's fully open, they're able to bring in a full stadium. It'll be the same. They'll just be so drunk next year. They won't know which <laughs> team they're cheering on. Quote, unquote, lockdown. Tell that to Sweet Lou Williams in the NBA. That didn't stop him. Hey, those, those wings, man. It's all about those wings. It's a good tipper from what they say. <laughs> I'd tip for those type of wings, too. Oh, man. <laughs> get a two-piece in a soda. Three-piece. No, no, no. Mm. Not that. Not at that place. You get a two-piece. <laughs> anyway, so all right. So the Raiders at 8-8. Eight eight. I, gee, I wonder who's going to wow. be number two in this division. Yeah, number two. Yeah, obviously. There's the Chiefs at eight, eight. A, fair, a, fair, <laughs> a fair choice in this one. It's the Broncos. Um, I... I I'm very, very confident in their quarterback. I think. I think he's, he's very been, confident in himself too. Well, he's confident obviously. in his spitting. <laughs> you don't. If you aren't confident in yourself, you can't win. Come on. But you can't be Johnny Manziel either. Come on. I don't know, man. Ask the Bears about winning and confidence. Mitch has lots of confidence in himself, and well. Uh, Did you watch him play last year? I don't think he had much confidence in himself. He likes boobies. <laughs> So he's breathes. We established that. <laughs> hey, to be to be fair, Dak has a lot of confidence in how much he wants to be paid. We're not talking about the Cowboys, guys. <laughs> That's on the next episode. <laughs> anyway, okay. Uh, so, what's the red record for Denver again? I have the Broncos at eleven and five, and this was kind of uh, Kelsey's Dolphins. It's more of a, I wasn't expecting it after everything was said and done. It was more of as it played out. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. It was more of a, a nice shock versus a what the what the heck's going on here. Um, but no, I have them eleven five, second in the division. Uh, they've got a healthy defense. Vic Fangio still got that awesome defensive brain that he carried over from teams past into the head coaching position. Um, so even if they're in close games, the defense does have the ability to lock down, get them that ball, get them an op- that next opportunity to move forward, um, chance to tie the game, chance to close the game out, whatever it may be. So I think a lot of them come down to be a close games, but I think a lot of them are very much down to um, defense slash uh, to defensive stops and offensive opportunities. Um, obviously, at number one, being the reigning Super Bowl champs, despite it being, you know, Super Bowl champs, I don't think they're going to have any slump, any sort of curse. I think they're going to come back. They're going to have to be 12 and 4. Um, they kept their, all of their key pieces. And uh, you don't really fix what's broken, so they're just going to stick with what they had. Um, I think the only thing that could get into their, their, uh, their groove is that that mentality of we're Super Bowl champs. Um, I think they have the potential to be much better than twelve and four, which, which is where I have them. But I think those four games uh, early on, I have them going. I have them starting zero and one. That that first game, I think they're going to go in headstrong. They're going to be kind of the uh, you know, hey, we're we're just going to win this, and then they're going to get kind of. Uh, a quick humbling, and then they're going to return to what they were at the end of the season um, through the playoffs this last year. So I have them 12-4, taking the top of the division. Um, I have them at the top of the AFC. Um, 
I have him breaking a tie with the uh, with the Ravens. So, I, I like it. You know that you talk about that Week One game for Kansas City, and they definitely don't start it off easy. No cupcakes. No. That start they, off. They, they start off against uh, the team that they, if you took eight minutes into account. Should have lost a game. If you in the games were eight minutes long, they would have got the ass whooped. Yeah, no, they definitely. I I definitely get what you're saying. Um, And uh, DJ, I'll I'll say based off of that, you know, reaction to uh, to to Brennan's list, uh, you flipped a chair. So I'd say Brennan's stealing your list again. We're just gonna keep this real quick. Chargers (laughs) three and thirteen as well. They have a lot of offensive weapons, a lot of defensive weapons, but Derwin James broken a lot. Still aging, still missing with some parts. Don't really have the quarterback. We have no idea. So three and thirteen. They just unfortunately that schedule sucks for them, unfortunately. When you're missing a leader at quarterback, they'll put up some big stats. I think they'll be like weirdly good on offense and defense, but have no wins to show for it. Kind of like the year they were number one in offense, number one in defense, but finished seven and nine. Just weird. Yeah. Raiders have seven and nine. John Gruden and Derek Carr just don't mix together. They're fantastic, but they need to be separated. I mean Henry Ruggs is dope. Hunter Renfro's dope. Darren Waller's dope. Josh Jacobs is awesome. The offensive line's good. But something just doesn't click for some reason. Their defense has... Weirdly enough, the Raiders have a deep roster, but they're missing those, like, X-Factor guys at the top, or which are the two damn guys they've traded in the last two years, like an Amari Cooper or Cleo Mack guys to take over the game. With those trades, they got able to make this deep-ass roster, but now they're missing those type of players. It's... You're damned if you do. Well, you're still damned if you do, no matter what. Yeah. Don't trade those guys. Broncos, I have at 11-5 and five as well. Drew Locke, I think, is going to – he has 4-1 last year. Take another step up. Corlin Sutton's really good. Jerry Judy, I think he's going to be really good as that number two slash slot receiver for them because he doesn't have all the pressure on him. He could just use his route running and shake the backup corners. Ken Hamler has a legit 4-2 speed 40. He should not run anything but verticals every single play of the game until the safety bites on Jerry Judy's little wiggle, wiggle, wiggle stick thing that he's doing. And he, then you chuck it deep to Hamler. None of this slants to set up the deep ball, hitches for a, a double move later. You run deep every play with your 4-2 speed 40. And it's then a no, clear, out, clear out until proven otherwise. Exactly. It's a clear out until it's cleared. <laughs> Noah Fanson was the best rookie tight end last year. He's an athletic freak. They don't appear like that in nature. Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay are two starting running backs in the same backfield. The offensive line could use some work, but they'll, they'll still be fine. I think I don't think it's as egregious as the Chargers. Defense, Bradley Chubb's back. You lost Chris Harris, but you brought in A.J. Boye. Von Miller is still Von Miller. Really good defense, not the no-fly zone, but I think they're going to be playing with a lead or in shootouts, so I think they'll be fine. And then Kansas City, I also have it 12-4, and four, mostly just because they have the exact same team that they had last year, which is almost the exact same team they had the year before, which went 12-4 and four both years. Yeah. And they are really good. Chris Jones paid, Patty Mahomes paid, Travis Kelsey paid. They're going to smoke a lot of teams that randomly lose a game where you're like, wait, what? How? What happened there? So 12-4, and four, they lose a game here or there, but they take the division. I think they have the division pretty much locked up. Denver just makes a nice little run to close the gap a little bit after it's already more or less clinched for the Chiefs. So I think – Pretty much the same as you, honestly. Just not a whole lot of difference because you take my list all the time. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I mean, I can't say it. mine's much different, but I have different reasonings. Uh, the Chargers, yeah, three and thirteen. I think they win two games because of their awesome defense, which is on paper one of the best defenses in the league. But their that Derwin offense James is size hole is what yeah, I yeah. You lose, games. you lose. Der- honestly, if Derwin doesn't go down for the season, I think I change my pick, and they at least 
get close to 500? I think I give him at least five just with Derwin James. Yeah, uh, but honestly, you 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 win two games right now with that team. Just the defense by itself. The third game is going to be you get some magic out of Tyrod and Keenan Allen, and Eckler, like that's the, that's how you're going to get it. Um, you know, I I hope Justin Herbert pans out to be as good. I, I watch Hard Knocks, and I got to say, like he looked good on. But he, I love Tyrod Taylor, and I think Tyrod got the shaft a lot of times in his career. He's been the guy that sets up for the guy. You know, he's been that, that holdover guy, basically. We'll say the Bills did try to make him the guy. He just yeah, couldn't quite seize that. I mean, I know he got them to a playoff game, but that was almost more or less while the rest of the AFC sucks. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you're exactly right. It's just there's a lot of – there was a lot of potential with Tyrod. Now, that at this point in time in his career, he's just kind of accepted what he is. Um, I wish – like, when he came out of Virginia Tech, he was – he could have been that dude, but he just got shafted with the way the NFL was. If he came out today, I think he can become that dude. Uh, but I do think that gives a lesson for Justin Herbert, who comes out of Oregon as supposedly that dude, and he gets to learn from a guy who has a very, very similar skill set. He just doesn't throw a good as as good of a ball as Herbert does. Doesn't quite have that cannon howitzer arm either. Like yeah, that arm, so that arm is different. I, I mean, what Herbert has to provide, it won't be seen this season, um, but I do think this season does help him a lot in the future. Do you think he plays at all? I don't. I think this year they're going to – I think – Even if they're like 3-10 and 10 at some point? I, I, think. I think Anthony Lynn is set in his position. He's not going to feel the burn in his tushy basically to, to get himself get, – get some wins late in the season. And more or less chances are at that point he knows his job is going. He's like, why get this quarterback ready for the next guy? I mean, yeah, like honestly, like – well, I think he, I think the thing is he, he's not worried about setting up for next year in that way. I think Herbert just – I think the best thing for Herbert is sitting for a season. I, um, I just don't – I think because he came off of that knee injury last year that he played through after that Auburn game. You know, he played through the rest of the season with that knee injury. Probably not the best idea. Now he gets to sit a year, learn behind Tyrod, learn the NFL scheme in a very, very weird year to begin with, this COVID situation being what it is. I think Justin Herbert needs to sit out the season. And he's getting um, some practice with Keenan Allen, Mike yeah. Williams. Like, you got weapons galore. Yeah. You just – question is the offensive line and just experience and i wouldn't want to put him out there and get him injured for next season like really like i'd say that tyrod you're gonna be that guy that's holding over the team for another year after i just said i love you but that this it is, is your, what it is this is your life I mean, yeah you, um you, but you so did. i mean yeah that's what i got the chargers three and 13 even though they made the moves on defense to get better they you know shirt up ingram that or yeah shirt up ingram shirt up boza for Lots of money. A whole hell of a lot of money. Brought in Chris Harris, you know, to partner along with Casey. You just look at that defense and you're like, they're really good, but their that's offense is going to be what's going to kill them. And their linebacking core is a little thin, too. I mean, Yeah, you like, got Drew Tranquil, and that's it. But Derwin James had made a difference is you can make him a sub linebacker, bring him into the box, and then you yeah. had backup safeties that could start. Yeah, you had so King over there. You had, uh, God, I can't think of the other guy. Adder, JC? Safety. Is JC still there? I don't think so, but no. Okay. Anyway, like they had, yeah. they have so many defensive backs, but that's because Derwin James is so versatile. Like that year when they were in the playoffs and frustrated Lamar Jackson with that seven DB run stopping BS. Yeah, eight, eight in the box and half of them are DBs. Exactly, because Derwin James is that he's that yeah. Isaiah Simmons we talked about earlier. It's like, oh, you don't exist in nature naturally. You were constructed by a scientist. Exactly. And speaking of being constructed by scientists, Las Vegas Raiders six and ten is where I got them. But honestly, Henry Ruggs is taught by scientists how to play football how do you make a guy that runs a 4-3 love to block 4-2 sorry 4-2 plus love to block (laughs) like who goes and tells this guy who can run past anybody hey you know how you're gonna make it to the nfl and be a first overall first round pick 
um, you block somebody. And not just somebody. You go block that big middle linebacker flying at your running back, and you go hit him and put him in the ground. And that's Henry Ruggs. And he's just like, okay, this is fun. Yeah. Like, it's not even like final reluctantly kind of basketball screen. He's like, I'm going to kill that guy. Yeah, no, Henry Ruggs, big fan of Henry Ruggs. I Favorite hate that he goes to the Raiders. Um, wish he could have ended up literally any other team. If he could have been a Cowboy, I would have been so happy with that, but I'll take what I was given. Um, but we'll get to that later. I think him and Derek Carr will find a connection on the deep ball. Because I know I, Derek does like to throw the deep ball. It's just when you're throwing a deep ball to Hunter Renfro, it's not quite the same as Henry Ruggs. And exactly. And I do think that's that plays a part. You have that underneath threat in, Hen- or in Hunter Renfro, and you have that over-the-top just game-breaker in Henry Ruggs. And they both love to block, and you have a top-tier running back. And you have Darren Waller, who is a massive machine. That also runs like a 4-5. Also made in the laboratory after his comeback. And, and again, he's another one who has a great – you look at this this team, this Raiders team, and, you know, Waller, you have Ruggs. They both have great stories. Jacobs has an even better story. But on top of that, they're all freakish athletes who play team-based football. And then you have John Gooden coaching him. And it's just like, well, then it goes to waste. What they need <laughs> – is an Amari Cooper. I'd say they need that. They have that true number one receiver that defenses have to look at. Oh, suddenly Ruggs is burning people. Suddenly Hunter Renfro is absolutely destroying your nickel safety. Oh, wait, Darren Waller up the seam. Oh, God, Josh Jacobs is running in my head. If there was one move I could make and it had nothing to do with players in the NFL, I would want to take John Gruden and trade him for Sean McVay so these Las Vegas Raiders can be high-flying and so overpowered because – the way McVeigh runs his offense is the exact way I want these Raiders to be run with twenty, like 11 personnel at all time, and you are just flying up and down the field, and you are running the ball over people, and you are just absolutely dominating. But then there's John Gruden's way, which is... Who knows what we're doing? <laughs> I don't know what to do, guys. So defense, go get us some stop. Oh, wait, we suck on defense. Crap. Uh, halfback dive. Josh Jacobs, halfback dive. Yeah, so honestly, uh, Vegas, you're going to be... St- Terrible until John Gruden retires, so sorry. I'm will, not sorry. I will give him credit, though. He's done a good job building the roster, him and Mike Mayock. They've done a good job finding gems. The problem is you traded away two X-Factors to get a bunch of really good players. And I do think you have on that team, you have the you have the young guys that can become X-Factors, but they need the coaching to be that way. And right now, John Gruden is not that coach to be that way. He's a great – honestly, you put him in a GM role, you put him in a player personnel manager role, love it. Put him as the head coach and – We'll see. No. <laughs> like, there's plenty to be proven still. Like, I I just feel him and Carr, he needs a quarterback that he clicks with. I he hates like Carr, and, and it's been proven many times. He hated Carr when he was in the booth. He's hated Carr since he got on the team. You're shocked each and every week that goes by that Carr hasn't been traded. I don't know, man. I just. I think if they would have signed Tom Brady, they would have traded Derek Carr. Yeah, 100%. And I wonder, does Marcus Mariota see some burden this year? Because I bet John Gruden loves Marcus. It, honestly, if Mariota comes in, I don't think this team finishes six and ten. I think they can finish five, eight and eight, five hundred or better. You think he just calls a different game with Marcus that maybe wins another game here or there? I think it's the trust in the quarterback. He's loved Marcus Mariota. It, you can look at his time in the booth, and every time he's called a Marcus Mariota game, it is nothing but positives for Mariota. And he looks at, and every time you look at a car game, and he's overly critical over everything, even though cars never had an offensive line. Uh, he had an offensive line yeah. the year. He almost won MVP. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Ironically, so. that's the year his leg snapped in half, but that was kind of a fluke. But yeah. I know what you're getting at. But so, yeah, so Raiders, 6-10, and 10, uh, third in the division. Denver, 10-6. and six. Drew Locke is a monster. Uh, I do think they see, they with you know them getting Gordon in, I do think you see Philip Lindsay sliding into a slot more um, and definitely going to be there on passing downs. 
but I do think you see like a two-headed monster like you've not seen in a long time. In, the, in today's game, you don't see it. But I do think Philip Lindsay is more of a scat back, um, kind of thinking back to the old Patriots offenses. Uh, that's kind of what I see happening here. I mean, you have the you have the personnel for it. Uh, you have Cortland Sutton, you have Jerry Judy, you know, yeah, Ken Hamler, who can he is clearing out until otherwise said. Which is actually a, when I kind of looked back on it, Drew Locke's biggest thing as a rookie was he was kind of similar to your boy Alex Smith. He has all this talent, but he's kind of a checkdown guy. He has this rocket arm, and Mizzou was slinging it. But in the NFL, he's a little bit reluctant to rip it, just pull the trigger. Now with Ken Hamler, you're like, oh, I got 10 yards of space. I feel comfortable ripping this <laughs> yeah. until he gets more comfortable. And Jerry Judy's smoking. like Yeah, and Jerry Judy, you know, the one thing that's I've always, I've, I, I never, I always like questioned about him, I never thought he was a number one. I don't, I, I still don't think he's a number one, but I love him in this, this number two role. He could still lead the team in receiving. Yeah, and yeah, it's just, just like he's he, not the guy where the number Stephon Gilmore's chasing him. Yeah, and you know, I, I talked about Amari when Amari came out that he just finds ways to get open. Jerry Judy is that on crack. Jerry Judy literally is open every play, and if he's not open, it's because he's sitting on the sideline, open, drinking the thing of Gatorade, but still open. Like, <laughs> like the man's always open. Just throw him the damn ball, Keyshawn. Oh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> and, yeah, Drew Locke is still good. Their defense, uh, I think we see a resurgence from Von Miller. Um, so we'll, we'll see with that. But then, uh, obviously, number one, yeah, Kansas City. Nothing to be said that hasn't been said other than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, that's kind of my dark horse for this team, that I think he comes in and untouted rookie that's kind of like, oh, great, yeah, they got the, the, the national championship winning running back. Oh, who, by the way, just – Help Joe Burrow win a national championship game when Joe Burrow. Honestly, there was times in, in games where Joe Burrow couldn't do anything, and it's like, oh hey Clyde, you go do this, aka against Auburn. I think against the red zone, it's like you know what, fuck it, Clyde, just take <laughs> yeah. the ball and do what you got. Uh, I think I think what he does on the football field is something that can't be taught by numbers. Like none of the none of the combine is going to prove what he can do on a football. He runs a trash forty, but you put him on the field, it's like oh he's just in the end zone. It's yeah, fine. like oh he just outran. That four three running corner. What? What? Oh well, Trayvon Diggs didn't tackle him there. Okay, fine. Yeah. So uh, another twelve and four season from Kansas City, who continues to do twelve and four things and losing games because Andy Reid outcoaches Andy Reid. Pretty much, and sometimes you just can't <laughs> win them all. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, that those those fifty two minutes from Houston will live in infamy and you know, and in Patrick Mahomes' bank account for forever. Uh, Patrick Mahomes' bank account. But I do think one thing that's going to kind of underrated because of COVID. They got their rings early and in a non like it's yeah, non ceremoniously ceremony. It's just going to be a game. It's not going to be a event, basically. Exactly. So I do think that's something kind of underrated about the Houston game. But I, yeah, uh, it's they have a tough schedule, but I do think they're the team built for it. So right. you have the best quarterback in the league, a top two tight end, a top deep threat. You're good. Uh, they're just they're the same team they've been that was in the AFC Championship game and won the Super Bowl. I mean, absolutely. Well, that sets us up towards the AFC playoffs. Uh, Brendan, if you just want to go through it and just give us your one through seven, um, kind of where they fall in that order because of the new extra extended wild card playoff. Yeah, that was weird for me. <laughs> just just where they like, rank. Don't, not, don't like. Don't give us any of the predictions for the playoffs. Just where do they no, rank no, no, one through seven? No, I get it. Uh, no, the big thing for me is like I got done with like one through six, and I'm like, oh, cool. I got through all this 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 regular season stuff, and then then we started talking about the extra the extra playoff game in Madden, and I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> so I had to I go back and, and double check, make sure I had everything. Um, I have the Chiefs number one. 
uh, in the AFC. Number two, I've got the Ravens. Um, kind of a copy-paste there. Uh, third, I've got the Colts. Um, just, you know, obviously records. Uh, fifth, fourth, Bills. Um, fifth, I've got the Texans. Or fifth, I've got the Broncos. And sixth, I've got the Texans. Sorry. And the Browns sneaking in with that extra wild, wild card spot at nine and seven. So, um, yeah, one through seven. It, it'll be interesting. I'm definitely going to say that. I'm not saying it's going to be bad or weird. It's just going to be interesting. I like it. I like it. I have the same seven, but I have the Ravens at one, the Chiefs at two, the Colts at three, the Bills at four, Broncos at five, Browns at six, Texans at seven. Just the Texans missing that DeAndre Hopkins factor cost them a game here or there. Basically puts them at seven instead of six. And Nick Chubb, I think, is going to lead the league in rushing this year, so I think that's going to win the Browns some games. Fair enough. Hell, he probably should have led it last year, but Derrick Henry got overfed at the end. Yeah, Derrick Henry became a monster. No, I mean, he just got a lot more carries, too. But like, oh, I know. I mean, they, extended yeah. monster. Yeah. <laughs> He's a monster. <laughs> the Basilisk break got tightened up and then they, for the playoff run. Yeah, no, so for me, I had all four division winners at 12-4, and four, so it kind of it got broken down into – crap how do i do the tiebreaker so i had to actually go through the tiebreaker scenarios and figure it out so uh i have the same top two last year baltimore at number one kansas city at number two uh number three indianapolis number four the surprise dolphins facing off against the number five cleveland browns again surprise surprise uh six buffalo bills seven denver broncos sneaking in there so it's 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 a little different but it, it kind of sets up some really intriguing matchups there um which we'll get into later on um in one of our later our Second to last episode right before opening night. So that does it for us with the AFC playoffs. Uh, anybody want to add anything for AFC? No? We're all good? All right. Well, that- I was going to say, the only thing I could add, a little bit on your, your, your Gruden thing, the one thing that gets me about Gruden and those Raiders is he's one of the most inconsistent guys when it comes to praise. Because he <laughs> praised the very guys that he traded away. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is true. I mean, it was like Amari Cooper. He would praise him in the draft. He praised him once he was on the team. He kept praising him, praising him, praising him, and then he was gone. <laughs> so I, he's the oddball coach in the NFL right now. Like I said, he's a great coach. Like, well, you, you guys pointed out, I mean, the team is built decently. He's just the right coach for the wrong era. Yep. I would 100% agree with that. And, you know, I'm sure we'll get more into Gruden as, as the season continues. So. This won't oh, be yeah. the last time we talk about him for sure. But, Not a chance. <laughs> uh, again, thanks thanks for tuning in. Uh, Brandon, thanks for your picks for the AFC. We'll see you again for the NFC picks. Um, stay tuned. Those will come out uh, the, tomorrow, the next day, something like that. And then playoffs, and then we kick off the season on Thursday. So we're almost there, guys. Stick with us. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and see you next time.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When you want an easy way to feel like a chef in your own home, try Blue Apron's two and four serving menu plans so you're always cooking something new and enjoying fresh seasonal ingredients. Choose from an ever changing mix of premium recipes, chef favorites, family friendly options, WW recommended, and more. Get $130 off across your first six orders, plus your first order ships free when you visit blueapron.com/slash blue culinary.